Hey, I'm Pete George, and we are live on Game Changers with Vicki Abelson. Our guest tonight is Richard T. Bear. Woo! I took my baby to the Sunshine Hotel. Said she'd do me, and she'd done well. Won't in no need to ring the bell. When you're talking about the sunshine Hotel Sunshine Hotel You just walk on in No need to ring the bell I got me late lord in to do you well Talking about the sunshine Yes Come on, give me hell talk about it now That's got me grooving and moving, and I'm going to make you play more. Wait, I'm just going to, to, to look at us. Oh, we got all kinds of people on here already. So we're going to, we're going to have to start to say hello. Hi, all right, who are we saying hello to? Hi, Ken. Hi, Toby. Hi, Judy. I don't know. There's more of you. Hi, Peg. Um, okay, we'll talk to you. And if you guys have questions for T-Bear, just, just shoot them on down. Because Pete George is back there. Hey, Pete. Hey! And Pete will be, uh, will be firing those questions off to T-Bear as we uh, commence. Thanks for being here in it's, your house. It's a delight. Thank you. <laughs> Don't give out the address. I will not give out the address. But um, but we're new friends. I like um, I, I I pounced as soon as I met you at Nam, because uh, that's that's what I'm want to do. But um, the first thing you said to me was, so we're going to just get this over with fast. I'm in Wired. Okay, so what does that mean? Well, it wasn't the first thing I said to you. It was one of the first things. It was maybe the... Third. Maybe the eighth thing I said to you. <laughs> what was the first? But as journalists often do, they editorialize and edit whatever <laughs> they want to hear it's and want to say. That way, yeah. okay. Well, Wired, yeah. Wired was a, a book about John Belushi mm -hmm. and the life and times and the death of John. I knew John from the um, Blues Brothers days and uh, actually played on the Blues Brothers movie album yes and uh, I knew John from before that when he was in a show called Lemmings mm -hmm. and then got a job on Saturday Night Live mm -hmm. and he also used to come down to my band which was called the Phantom Band in those days and try out his Joe Cocker stuff so that's where no he shit. Yeah, no shit so he would try out Joe Cocker and mm -hmm. got he got that character down and you know brought it to SNL and um, I knew John very well we both uh, drank, drank a lot. We both did a lot of a lot of blow in those days. Um, my nose nostrils probably looked like uh, margarita glasses, and um, you know, we all did that in those days. Peruvian marching dust, the devil's dandruff, you know, all those kind of things. And uh, unfortunately, uh, I was with him the night he. The night he passed away. Okay, that's kind of crazy, right there. Yeah, um, he was out here doing some things, some movie things, and I was out here working, you didn't recording, and um, I, I ran into him mm -hmm. 
over on the rocks uh, on sunset. Mm -hmm. And he says, you holding? And I happen to have a little bit of blow in my pocket. And he says, for me? And I said, it's all yours. I'm going home tonight. I'm going to sleep because I got to work with an artist tomorrow. And good night. And didn't see him again. And he went back to the Chateau Marmont with some chick who had heroin. And she made a cocktail. And he never woke up. And I heard about it on the radio the next day and was devastated because, uh, you know, that was a life taken way before its time. Mm -hmm. And um, it took me another six months to a year to look at my own habits and my own, uh, you know, bottom. And uh, as a direct result of of John passing, I... um, hit my bottom because I felt so bad about it and uh, and got sober and got a phone call from uh, Bob Woodward who wanted to know all about uh, what happened that night mm-hmm. and I said uh, I'm not naming names he said well let's do this off the record okay and I said sure mm-hmm. let's do it off the record so I talked to him off the record and everything that I said no was printed oh and I can tell you that when the book came out, it was it was a oh. number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a very. Big, I read it. Yeah, it was a very big book, very mm-hmm. well publicized, mm-hmm. and um, I got blacklisted in the music business for the next few years, where I I couldn't get a job, I I couldn't get resigned to another label, and um, I actually got sober, got a phone call from. A record company and a manager in uh, Hamburg, Germany, mm-hmm. and moved there for the first year of my sobriety, and went to AA meetings. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I understood were the words "alcoholica," mm-hmm. because that's <laughs> a, a German word for a guy like me. Mm-hmm. And uh, met a guy uh, in the meetings that uh, spoke English. He worked at the consulate. And uh, he came to my house. I went to his house and uh, stayed sober. And through my first year, and uh, 37 years later, I'm still here. Right on, 37 years. One drunk talking to another. And uh, it's still one drunk talking to another, although my drink of choice was marijuana, but I was was alcoholic about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 37 years is quite something. Pot never never did it it for me, no. Made me hungry and horny. Yeah. (laughs) I'd wake up in the morning with a bed full of pizza crust and a sore right arm. well for me because alcohol had too many calories so that was a problem back in the day so so 37 years um and directly as a result of john that that's very interesting that um did you feel responsible i I, no, i I didn't feel responsible at all um we all you know um we were were all doing uh cocaine Mm -hmm. In massive amounts mm-hmm. in those days, everyone did it. Mm-hmm. People were walking around with chains with spoons uh, as for necklaces and things I had like one. that. And no, I didn't feel responsible in the least. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was his choice, mm-hmm. and that was my choice. Mm-hmm. And uh, we all make, you know, we all make choices. And uh, um, but I do, I do know that um, you know I lost everything as a direct result of alcohol and drugs and. Did you ever have a conversation with Bob Woodward after no, that happened? No, I have never spoken to him since. Mm-hmm. 
And um, how did you get unblacklisted? You know how I got unblacklisted was I went to Europe and I lived there for a while mm -hmm. and made records there. Mm -hmm. And uh, they couldn't deny you then. Well, they didn't know anything about Wired over in Germany. No, but I mean, when you came back oh, with successful see. music, they couldn't deny you here. At that point, I, at that point, I think enough time had gone by, mm -hmm. and you know, the fact that I was, you know, s sober, and and what I did actually was was kind of put music behind me for a little while. Mm -hmm. um, I married, had children. And devoted my time to um, recovering musicians, and so for the next many years, mm -hmm. um, I co-founded the musicians' meetings, where it was AA, mm -hmm. NA, and CA. Mm -hmm. We called it Annika, mm -hmm. Annika, and uh, Buddy Arnold, who was uh, a really great sober legend mm -hmm. um, I said what's Annika buddy he says oh it's it's a it's a bunch of Indians in Connecticut that, <laughs> that, that break into drugstores the Annika Indians and I said okay I get it okay so we had uh, meetings where you said your name my name is uh, Richard T. Bear mm -hmm. I'm an addict alcoholic and I play keyboards you see, you couldn't do that in AA meetings in those right. days mm -hmm. because it was principles before personalities. Mm -hmm. But in the musicians' meetings, you could talk about, I have a gig tonight in a bar. I don't know how to play without drinking. And we would, you know, share those experience, strengths, and hopes that you can play again mm -hmm. and not have to get loaded mm -hmm. to play. And then we started putting on picnics, mm -hmm. musicians' picnics. I've heard tell of those. And I was on the board, and the, one of the founders of the musicians' picnic, and I was on the board for the next 20, 21 years. Wow. And had people... Crazy people have played those picnics. I have yeah, heard. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. There was, uh, you know... I want to go to that picnic. Yeah. In fact, the 10th picnic was, I think, our best picnic. Mm -hmm. And uh, we had Dr. John playing with a big band. And we had a speaker by the name of Eric Clapton, and uh, Matt and Duff from Guns N' Roses, Billy Idol, Steve Stevens, uh, everybody came down and, to play. There were 5,000 people there, mm -hmm. and all the money raised was, in, it was a nonprofit or organization called mm -hmm. the Sober Musicians Fundraiser. And for the next 25 years, all the money that was raised at every event mm -hmm. was given back to putting musicians that had no third-party insurance into detox mm -hmm. or halfway houses or women's recovery houses and shelters. Wow. And we divided the money up that way. None of the money was kept for salaries or anything like that. It was all given away. And um, we started a thing when we, when we were well into it called MAP, mm -hmm. Musicians Assistance Program, and that, that Buddy started. And I, and I was uh, working with him on that. And then now we know it as Music Cares. Mm -hmm. It became Music Cares. And Music Cares is an arm of the Grammys, and it takes care of musicians and musicians' families that mm -hmm. uh, you know, have health issues and uh, are going through tough times. And, and it's, it's really a great, a great, you know, a great program. Mm -hmm. I love Music Cares. Um, you know, they were there for me when my wife passed away in September. How and, so? 
you know, they 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 um, they helped me with funeral expenses and things like that. You know, and they were they were there for me and with anything that I needed to help get her hospice care and things like that. So I'm very grateful um, to the people that uh, that are of service. Mm -hmm. You know, and I learned how to be of service in AA mm -hmm. and. Uh, I was able to uh, take care of my wife for 20 months uh, until she passed that way. Um, I didn't I'm work. So sorry. And uh, yeah, it was. Uh, You've had another brutal loss today, and it's quite a testament to who you are that you didn't cancel the show today. Yeah, um, my wife's mother passed away this morning, yeah. and uh, so it's been a it's been a brutal uh, 12 months, mm -hmm. um, all within the last six months. Um, so let's talk about the love. Let, let's go back and, and, and get to the love and, and all the good things. So so you grew up in New York? I grew up in New York. Where? Um, I was born in Manhattan mm -hmm. and raised in the Caribbean. Wait, what? What's that about? Yeah, I was raised in the Caribbean because my father had a brassiere company. And, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. And um, he had them manufactured in the island of Haiti mm -hmm. and Puerto Rico. Okay. So I lived in Puerto Rico, I lived in Haiti for a little while, and also in Miami. So I learned a lot about Latin rhythms, Calypso, Mento, that was, which was before what reggae. What was Mento? Mento was before reggae. It okay. was a precursor to reggae. Uh -huh. and, um, was your father musical? No, he was a good dancer though. He was a really good dancer. Was now, your mother my, musical? My mother loved Dinah Washington. Okay. And she loved to shoot craps. You know, <laughs> Me a, too. She was. A, <laughs> she had a golden arm. You know? Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. But I, so, I where did the music come from? Do you think? I think the music was really in my DNA, and I yeah. loved I loved music because it was it was an escape for me. You know, I learned how to play uh, with a piano teacher that couldn't read music, and she in the Caribbean. No, <laughs> back in Yonkers when we moved back, and uh, I learned how to play. And I loved music to the point that I have pictures of myself at bar mitzvahs with my band at 12 years old playing, um, I think one of them's up there behind your guy, uh, in a... Pete! Pete, in a... We'll, we'll show the picture if we can find it. It's right there. Which one is it? Right there, your this finger's one. on it, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's, Here, I'll let's show you show that. The picture. 12 years old at a bar mitzvah <laughs> playing with his band. All right, so I loved music from that moment on. So wait, wait, little kid. Little kid. Oh, are are. Went to I'd go to camp. Okay, so when you went to camp, were you singing, playing? What were I, you doing? I I I wanted to be Louis Armstrong. Okay. In camp, I was this white Jewish kid mm -hmm. that wanted to be a black New Orleans trumpet player. <laughs> yeah. And um, I tried really hard. I got a you know, I got a hanky, and I went out and you know, <laughs> sang when the saints come marching in. <laughs> And uh, and I loved uh, you know I loved the blues man I loved you know I loved uh, Elvis Hound Dog I loved all those kind of records all those early R and B records. You know. So uh, I'm thinking you're about my age. Did did um, the Beatles impactful? I'm imagining. Oh my God, yes. Um, I I sat there with everybody else in in America. Were you in America then? Yes, mm -hmm. I sat there. And with everybody else in America watching the Ed Sullivan show that yeah. day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And my life was forever changed. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Forever changed. Oh, were you already playing? 
I was playing a little bit, but you know, I I would. How did you get a teacher that? Sorry, that, that she just didn't know how to read music. And so, what made your parents pick her? She was close. She was across the street okay. and cheap. Okay, um, that's a good reason. Yeah. So, Mrs. Biddy, I'll never forget her name. And, did she uh, let you play popular music? She would teach me some popular music, mm -hmm. you know, Louie Louie and things like that. Mm -hmm. you know. That's pretty cool. That was pretty cool. Um, and then I got... Uh, you know, Wait, are you singing right away? No, I'm no. just playing. Okay. And then I got interested in music to the point where I wanted to put a band together. So for my bar mitzvah gift, we went to New York City to a place called Manny's Music. <laughs> yes. And I got myself a Farfisa Combo Compact for all the keyboard people listening and with a standout amp. And um, at that point, I was playing bar mitzvahs, and they would drive us to parochial school dances and things <laughs> like that. You know, mm -hmm. I played at Our Lady of Pathetica, all those places. <laughs> And, um, a lady of pathetic. <laughs> a lady of pathetic, yeah. Yeah. And um, <laughs> then as I get into high school, yeah. I take it really seriously and skip school a lot, go into the city, go hear bands. Mm -hmm. And then I went into Manny's Music Store and I said, can I have a job? How old are you? I think I'm about 16 or 17 at mm -hmm. that point. Where, where'd you go to school? I went to school... Roosevelt High School okay. in Yonkers, mm -hmm. and just ahead of me was Steve Tyler and Joey Kramer from Aerosmith. Did you know them? Well, I knew Steve as Steve Tallarico. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Cool. And uh, of course, Aerosmith came out of there. Um, that whole was he already? Uh, was he playing in bands? Was he, he was playing? Oh huh? yeah, he was playing okay. in bands, mm -hmm. and he was playing the famous fore and aft in White Plains. Okay. That was, which was the bar to play. That was the place. Yeah, that was okay. the place to play. Yeah. Um, so, like, what what year? What year? What year was were you in high school? When were you in high school? I was in high school in let's see the 60, 67, 68, 69. Uh huh. And um, my parents, uh, you know, um, knew I was in trouble. Because I always well, cut. you were you already I doing cut, drugs. I cut. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, I was oh, doing yeah. drugs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and I was cutting school, and I got a job mm -hmm. at Manny's Music Store, and um, it was on because from Manny's, I used to get backstage passes from all the roadies and all the artists that came through Manny's. Nice. And I Fillmore would, East. Fillmore East. Oh. I'm, I'm there at Fillmore East. Mm -hmm. um, the The Grateful Dead were playing one night. I went down. I was standing on the side of the stage, and I think one of the roadies told Jerry Garcia that I was a pretty good little keyboard player, and I was a kid. And I'm standing on the side of the stage, and Jerry looks at me, and he looks at me, and goes, come here. Oh, stop. And I said, I'm looking around, who's he pointing at? And he goes, yeah, you. I said, me? He says, yeah, come here. Go sit on that Wurlitzer, okay? And don't play it minor, we're in a major. <laughs> <laughs> And I play it, and I was so scared. Oh my, my knees were actually knocking. They were like maracas. And, oh, my and God. I, yeah, so I got to jam with the dead. Jesus. And I'll never forget the night because traffic was there that night. Jesus. And let's see, who, who else Those came Those were the days the of the great bills. There'd be like oh, three bands that were all, every one traffic, of them were Traffic, the dead, and oh, Hot Tuna. Oh, God. 
And then, and then, you know, I got to, I got to like see. I might have been there that night. I got to see uh, one night. I went and sat in the uh, in the audience, and I got to see the opening act for the Iron Butterfly, <laughs> who happened to be Led Zeppelin. Um, <laughs> it was their second show in the United States. Jesus. It was the best rock and roll show I've ever seen to this day. That is crazy. And um, in, and I knew this is what I wanted to do, and I hung out in. In, in, back in those days, there were a lot of folk coffee houses. Mm -hmm. All right, I got. Were you writing music at this point? I was trying. Uh huh. Yeah, my music sucked, but I was trying. <laughs> and um, you know, here I am, this middle-aged, middle, -aged, middle um, you know, not middle-aged, but middle class, middle class, mm -hmm. you know, Jewish, white Jewish white boy, mm -hmm. trying to sing the blues, and that was never going to happen. <laughs> so Odetta. Would sit me down and she said, "Sing it like this," mm. and she said, "Now play it for me." She goes, "Oh, you play pretty good. Show me what you just did." So I would play for her. She'd learn what I was playing. I had really good instincts as far as playing, and she had great vocal stylings. Oh, so yeah. I picked up on those. Mm -hmm. Then Richie Havens heard me. He said, "I want you to play on my album." Jesus. And I went and played on Richie Havens' album. Is, under, is that, was that your un first album? Under my legal name which is Richard Gerstein. Right. And that was the first really major thing that I'd ever played on. And I remember going there. And Wait, are you out of school? Are you a full-time musician? I never, I never, you didn't I, go never to college. I never went to college. Okay. I never graduated high school. Oh, wow. For this matter. Okay. I devoted everything I had to music. Were you making a living as, as like a teenager playing music? I was. You were? Not only was I making a living, but I was starting to write jingles at Jingle oh. Houses, and I got really good at it. How did you break into that? By accident, by total accident. I was playing in clubs, and mm -hmm. these singers would come in, and they'd play with us, and sing with us, and jam with us. All these folk rooms, mm -hmm. uh, this place called Dr. Generosities. Folk where, City was down there? Gertie's, the Cafe Gertie, Gertie's Folk City, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, the, the Bitter End, mm -hmm. Max's Kansas City. The other end? All, yeah. The other end, mm -hmm. all those places mm -hmm. I played. Uh, Cafe Wa mm -hmm. and Doctor Generosities was was my favorite. I love Doctor Generosities. It was on Seventy Third and Second. Okay. And it was my favorite because um, on Sunday nights they have they have open mic, mm -hmm. and I walk in one night and I see this guy get up there, and it turns out it's John Prime. And then the next guy that gets up is Steve Goodman. I saw them together about six times. Right. I love. And, and I oh. became friends with their manager, oh. Al Bonetta. Oh, my God. And they and Al Is this me. early 70s? When yeah. Is it? yeah. This is, yeah. Mm -hmm. 71. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm playing there. And Jesus. this is what I want to do. And these are the songs I want to write. Mm -hmm. And ever since then, I have set my sights and my goals up to be a songwriter like John Prine. Mm. And... Um, it was such a travesty that they just gave him that lifetime achievement at the Grammys, and they didn't let him speak. I know. And they only had Bonnie play half the song. What I the know. hell was that uh, anyway? I don't know. Such was. a disrespect. But yeah. yeah, Bonnie was from Westchester as well. Um, let's see. What else can we talk about? All right. So, so your kid is. Are drugs getting in your way, or are you focused on your playing and you're not letting them? No, alcohol was more alcohol and speed. I think were my were my faves at mm -hmm. that point. I would have a glass of rum mm -hmm. and a shot of coke, mm -hmm. cola. Mm -hmm. You know that was my drink. Mm -hmm. um, 
I like beer. Mm -hmm. I like uh, I like rum a lot because I was from the Caribbean, so I, I had a taste for rum, sweet things. Got into cocaine because if you ha here's how I got into cocaine. I was doing jingles and things like that, mm -hmm. and if you had a little bit of blow with you, mm -hmm. and the the guy that was booking the jingle dates. If you got him high, he would book you again. Nice. Yeah, that's the way it was. <laughs> and so I always managed to have some blow with me. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I met a whole bunch of people that took me um, under their wing. King Curtis was one at, at one time. Like I said, Richie Havens. Um, so is that is that work? And is then, that album? And then I went to work for Carly Simon. I saw her at the at the bitter end actually seventy yeah. two. And I didn't get to play with her. She used me as her road manager. What? Yeah. They hired me as a road manager. But I knew that, that I was gonna be okay with that because I could play anything in that band as well, if not better. Uh -huh. And from that moment on, it was nineteen seventy two. From that saying. moment on I said, I am gonna seek a record deal mm -hmm. and I'm gonna play with really good acts and from that moment on I was on a trajectory that that happened I mean I was do you think playing. you manifested it uh, I, I know I did mm -hmm. I went down to a, a club called Reno Sweeney's oh yeah and the coat check girl was Allie Willis <laughs> I'm having dinner with Prudence on Saturday okay Allie was the coat check girl mm -hmm. and we wrote songs together I didn't know you knew yeah. And Allie and I wrote songs for Cher. And um, she wrote a couple songs for my first album. Jesus. And we had a really good time. And I had a really good band, like I, the Phantom Band that John uh -huh. Belushi used to come down and play with us. And in our band were the guys that are now, that were then playing with David Letterman, Late Night with David Letterman. It was Will Lee. And Sid McGinnis and all those guys were in my, my band. Was the head monologue yeah. writer. And, okay. And we got six degrees all over the place. From a, from a chorus line, uh, Kate was was one of our singers, and and all these jingle singers and um, Louise Messina and people from Ed Lebunsky Productions that that did a lot of. Are jingles. you were, are, are you recording your own stuff at this point? I am now writing it. Okay. I'm doing demos. Mm -hmm. And that's where Ed Cherney, who mm -hmm. mixed my new album... Tell the people about Ed Cherney. Ed Cherney was probably, may he rest in peace, one of the greatest mixers of all time. Um, he did Tears in Heaven for Clapton. He did Bonnie Raitt's Nick of Time, which launched, launched her in the stratosphere. Mm -hmm. Bette Midler, Jackson Brown, Rolling Stones, Willie Nelson, and the list goes on and on on. Don was used him all the time. And how did you connect with him? I connected with him because I was making demos and he was the engineer. Mm -hmm. And he was assistant to the assistant tape op. And he would push stop and play. <laughs> and once in a while they let him press record. Mm -hmm. And 40 years later, um, the guy that produced my album, Tony Bronigal, um, I didn't know that either. Had okay had uh, a golf date with Ed mm -hmm. and then he said uh, Ed says so uh, what are you doing Tony and Tony says well I'm uh, just finished a Richard T. Bear record he says Richard T. Bear I said, he says I haven't heard that name in a long time uh, he did a record and I said yeah he did a record it's a great record 
And he says, well, who's mixing it? He says, well, we haven't got a mixer yet. He says, well, well I want to mix it. Tony said, we can't afford you, Ed. I mean, Ed, you know, yeah. got played. He says, no, you don't understand. This is a full circle for me. Wow. And God, I, I miss him so much. And he, we gave him 17 finished tracks. Mm -hmm. And of the 17, we said, we need these 10 done. And we checked off the 10 that we need for this album. And he gave us 17 back, finished. And um, I remember when he was... So uh, you're going to put all 17 out? Well, I'm going to put 12 out. Mm -hmm. And then I have five for the next one. Okay. And then I have... You know, we, we cut 23 tracks. So I have I have enough for a second album, and um, tell us some of the people that played on your album. Oh, uh, I did this at Robbie Krieger from the Doors, Doors. at his studio. Mm -hmm. He gave me the studio. He says I, I I want you to make another record, and and so he gave me the studio mm -hmm. to to record in. He says I want to every day he'd walk in. He says can I play on this one? Can I play on this? Sure, Robbie. So you, so Robbie Krieger plays on it, and I used to play with Crosby, Stills and Nash, mm -hmm. and Stephen Stills. Mm -hmm. um, so Stephen Stills and I wrote a song. We put that on the album. Stephen played on the album. Um, then we have uh, Tom Scott, the great horn player. Mm -hmm. Edgar Winter, he plays. I saw on White it. Trash at the Fillmore years yeah. ago. Edgar plays on it. Mm -hmm. um, a great blues guitarist called Walter Trout, mm -hmm. who I've been writing with, and he's got a couple of number one records. Um, is Tony on your album? Tony plays all oh, over the okay. album, and then Denny Sywell, mm -hmm. who I play in a band with now called T-Bear and Route 66, which is made up of, of some of the X-Wings members. So those guys play on the album as well. I've got... Uh, and you guys will be playing in LA again coming up. Yeah, we, we're playing uh, March 14th at the write-off room, and also the 24th at the write-off room. And then we're playing, just today we uh, announced that we're gonna be playing at the Canyon Club on April 19th, which is Nina's birthday. Aww. So it's, uh, it's gonna be an honor for, for me to play to her. The album, I wanna tell you, is, mm -hmm. is, is here because of Nina. Mm -hmm. Because I would sit here at this piano, she would sit on the other side of the piano at her desk right there, mm -hmm. and she would. Uh, she was an et book editor as well as a tutor for UCLA students. She'd work on their stuff. I'd work on my songs, and we'd look at each other, and she'd go, "Now you need to put a hook to that," you know. <laughs> and she'd help me. She was an amazing, amazing musical uh, ability. She had. All right, wait. Before we get to Nina, let's talk about what happened because you told me briefly the other day that there was a period when you stopped playing. Yeah, I stopped playing for a while. Wait, let's talk about the run that you had. I mean, I, I saw footage of you with Dick Clark. I mean, you had some crazy, some crazy-ass shit going on in your life. What, what, what was that like being with Dick Clark on American Bandstand? <laughs> Holy shit. Um, he, was, he, was so, he was so genuine and, and generous and, and nice, and he always wanted me to come on the show. Hmm. And, and I did. We had, we had this rock and roll record called Sunshine Hotel, which I started your show with. Okay, and let's, it, it then do we have that here? It then became, let's see. We have a bunch of albums. For those of you who are young, these are called albums. This is the way we listen to music. 
then and now. It was it was on this yeah. one. Okay. And if you want to see Young, here's Young. No. Here's Young. That's my Michael McDonald look. If yes, you're very. In case, you're, in case uh -huh. you want to know. Um, and we had uh, this album out, and they picked a single off it called Sunshine Hotel, and they had some some disco dance mixers make it into a big 12 inch and they put a bunch of 12 inches out and it went to number four on the dance can charts. you give us a taste well it's the one i started with yeah i took my baby to the sunshine hotel she said you do me and she done me well so i can't imagine that with disco it was stuff. like Idea, right? Yeah, yeah. And the bass drum is boom, 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 boom. <laughs> All right, so it goes and it goes crazy. Mm -hmm. And I went around the world and sang it on a bunch of in Spain and France and Germany. And what's the craziest England. venue? What's the craziest experience you've had? You've had Studio Fifty Four. Oh, okay. What was the occasion for that? RCA is having a party mm -hmm. and they're launching this record. In Studio 54. What, what year is this? This is 78. Okay. Okay, so I get there. Mm -hmm. There's a big line. It's the big... Oh, yeah. Yeah, right? Mm -hmm. So I go up to the door, and the two bouncers or three bouncers, whatever they have there, they where are you going? I said, I'm meeting <laughs> my label. They're launching my record tonight, and I need to come in. And they said... No, 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 in no. In line no. with you. <laughs> so I... Wait no cell phones go, wait, in wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, yeah, no cell phones. Yeah. No, no pager, nothing. Yeah. So I walk back and I said, look, look, you don't understand. I'm supposed to be in there right now. <laughs> supposed to, you know, maybe even perform my song. And right then and there, I hear it because it was really loud. <gasps> and they're playing Sunshine Hotel. <laughs> so I go, listen, I took my baby to the Sunshine Hotel. He goes, that is you. <laughs> Come right in. Wow. So that was crazy. the craziest venue, and I performed it there. Wow. And um, how about like biggest deal you ever did? Biggest deal? Yeah. Just opening for uh, you know at Cobo Hall for Jay Giles mm -hmm. or the Doobie Brothers or something, mm -hmm. up, you know, with twenty thousand people. How would it there. be when you were the opening act and you're opening for like the Doobie Brothers? Are, are people listening and receptive and? Okay, here's an example. Mm -hmm. Detroit, mm -hmm. Cobo Hall, mm -hmm. 18,000 people. It's uh, Jay Giles, mm -hmm. who was huge. He had like amazing hits at the time. Mm -hmm. And I'm the opening act. So when you're an opening act for a really big, big mm -hmm. show, they give you like 20 minutes or 30 minutes to right. do your stuff. Mm -hmm. And they give you like 11 feet of space <laughs> and two <laughs> lights. You know, and yeah. go do your thing. Mm -hmm. And people are really trying to decide what kind of mustard to put on their hot dog at this point <laughs> out in the lobby. But there's maybe, you know, half the people are there and they're watching you. Right. So I get to the piano and the first thing I'm going to play is Bring On the Night. And as soon as I hit these three chords, I get hit in the face with a tennis ball. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. So, I, yeah, that was my welcome to Detroit, motherfucker, Aww. you know, and that was it. That's rock and roll wars. Mm -hmm. So I looked at all of everybody and then Peter Wolf from, you know, 
Yeah, Jay Giles. He was standing there and he goes, kick their ass. <laughs> kick their ass. Go on, kick their ass. So I said, everybody in the band, turn everything up to 10, and we're going to fuck up the first three rows of the people that threw that tennis ball. And we went and kicked ass. And we, we, Did you we, win them over? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and we would do that place upon place upon place and upon place upon place. You know, and I learned the old adage, and um, you kick them in the teeth and you go home. You know, mm-hmm. and that's how you, that's how you are as an opening act. That's it. You do your best shot, <coughs> do your best stuff, mm-hmm. you never stop. Uh-huh. And then, and then you can become, you know, a, a headliner at some point. Mm-hmm. You want to win over the crowd. You want, you want to make them on your side. You want to get them to be on your side. You want them to leave and go, hey, I want to check out his record. You know. Well, obviously you had you had quite a run because you've got quite a few records. Seven of them there were. Um, so your biggest hit was that your biggest hit? Sunshine yeah. Hotel was was a big hit. Um, mm-hmm. And then in Germany, I had some other hits. And um, and uh, give us a know. taste of another one. Ooh, another one. Uh, let's see. Let's see. It's going to be. There are places I remember Faces I'll forget Times that I'll treasure Ones I will regret There's hearts that keep on beating Hearts that remain still Men that go on fighting Ones that never will But the daylight never comes The night it will not end The moon sailed across the sky As an old familiar friend Though the sails are full of gold It beckons you to stop But the coldest winter I ever spent was the summer in her heart and she flied oh so high and she's oh so cold and she flied flied so high in writing sober than writing when you were loaded? Oh yeah. When I wrote Loaded, mm-hmm. it was always music and grooves. Mm-hmm. When I write sober, it's always lyrics. Interesting. And then the music. Interesting. Yeah. And now what I've done over the last few years, especially this year, mm-hmm. is wrote po- poetry. And I take, you know, I do the spoken word. In fact, on the new album, I have a song called Wonderland, Mm -hmm. which takes place in Laurel Canyon on Wonderland, Mm -hmm. where I lived. Did you? And that's where I got sober. I tried to get sober. You got sober? How could you get sober in Laurel Canyon? You can't. So um, I ended up on someone's couch 
in Beechwood Canyon mm -hmm. for the first couple of weeks because mm -hmm. I couldn't go home to Wonderland. Mm -hmm. There was just too much going on. There. Mm -hmm. So I wrote a I wrote a poem called Wonderland, which is on the new album. It's a spoken word and music, and uh, it's, it's. Can you give us a taste of that, or is it nope. too new? You got to wait till we get, nope. we, we got to wait till we buy the you vinyl. Buy the, you got to buy the record. <laughs> okay. But I'm going to tell you. Uh huh. It's. I, I am told it, it's really an extraordinary piece of work. It's um, nothing is left unturned in that in that piece. There are five verses that will that will either tear your heart out or make you cry. Mm -hmm. And well, it's 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 thing. it's honest. Mm -hmm. It's genuine. It's mm -hmm. authentic. And that's what this album is. Mm -hmm. Can I talk about it? A yeah, please. Okay. Nina got me to do this album. This is for her. It's all her. Okay. I dedicated this to her, and uh, she never got to see the release, but she got to see the end of the uh, end of the story of this record being mixed and mastered. Now, um, how did you meet Nina? She asked me to speak at a meeting. That's how I met her. She wanted musicians to speak. Mm -hmm. She thought that we had a different story, which is not true. All our stories are very similar. And almost the same, mm -hmm. only we do it in rhythm. Mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, I made this record as a catharsis for me mm -hmm. of not having put anything out for a while, just writing songs for other people. And I made this record for people that have a relationship with music. So what I mean by that is you pick up you pick up a re a record, right? Mm -hmm. You go to you go to the store and you're going, oh, wow, best of Richard T. Bear. Let's see, and you look and see what the songs are, mm -hmm. and then you open it up and you see the lyrics mm -hmm. and you see where it was recorded and who played on it mm -hmm. and That's why a lost it was done. Art. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Beca because there are a lot of people out there that want that relationship. Mm -hmm. and you want to have a relationship with music, I'm going to give it to you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you the songs that you have been longing for for a long time mm -hmm. because you've been buying the best of remastered of people that are now past. Mm -hmm. So I'm carrying the torch mm -hmm. for the Tom Petty fans, for the Leon Russell fans, for the Joe Cocker fans. You've got fans, a Leon Russell thing going on. For, you know, mm -hmm. for all those people that have passed. Mm -hmm. And... Um, in fact, one of the one of the guys that works, and his legacy is is uh, Harry Nielsen. Mm -hmm. um, he says you remind me of, a, of Harry, and I lit, close my eyes and I listen to you, and I come to all your gigs, mm -hmm. and you're like the new Harry, mm -hmm. and which is such a beautiful compliment mm -hmm. that 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 I love it. And when I talk to the record company, I'm on I'm on a brand new record label called Quarto Valley Records. Okay. Which is a great new label. They've signed uh, Edgar Winter, wow, and Paul Rogers from mm -hmm. you know Bad Company, mm -hmm. and you know uh, bands like that. And and they believe that people th are going to spend money again on these kind of artists. And so um, I dedicate everything I do. Mm -hmm to the people that go out and see ELO, mm -hmm. and they go out and see the Eagles, and they go to Ringo's All-Stars. Mm -hmm. And all those are my fans, those are the fans I want. Mm -hmm. And when I met with the record company, they all flew in from Nashville, um, they said, uh, you know, who do you see buying your record? This is an adult record. 
It's not a kid's record. Mm -hmm. I said, the people that would buy James Taylor, that, that would buy John Prine, the people that would buy Paul Simon, mm -hmm. you know, those kind of people, Sting, mm -hmm. you know, those kind of people, Joe Cocker's people, those are the people I see. I said, you know, there are 360 million people every day that listen to music. How do you have that number? I'll tell you in a minute. Okay. I only want a million of them. <laughs> okay? Mm -hmm. Because that, that, was, uh, that was told to me by someone that had the analytics of people that actually listen in their car or that's including on the radio. streaming radio everything um, I think that that that's mm -hmm. real time mm -hmm. real time stuff that you actually go and push the button mm -hmm. and want to listen to something mm -hmm. whether it's in your house mm -hmm. or whether it's in your, it's car. On your car or mm -hmm. whatever that's 360 million see for me music mm -hmm. is a universal language mm -hmm. it's the only language that everyone in this world, no matter what race, creed, color, religion, we all have one thing in common, and that was we can translate music, mm -hmm. and it moves us. Mm -hmm. So um, that's why I've dedicated my life to sobriety first, mm -hmm. and music second. Mm -hmm. And I combine the both of them because it's really important to give back to my community Mm -hmm. that has saved my life, mm -hmm. that has given me this opportunity to come out of the flames and be reborn and play music again. And I thank, I thank God, I thank AA, I thank NA, I thank CA, I thank Cordo Valley Records for picking me, mm -hmm. you know? They picked me, I didn't, right. I didn't pick them, yeah. So let's go back to when you stopped playing why did you, when did you stop playing and why? I stopped playing because I, I, I put sobriety over everything else. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, I didn't play because for a while because I didn't want to hang out in bars. I didn't want to hang out in clubs. I wanted to raise a family. What were you doing when you weren't playing? When I wasn't playing, um, I got my pilot's license. Wow. Um, I got a sea captain's license. I... Uh, were you earning money doing uh, that? Is that how you earned a living? No, I no. here's how I earned a living. Okay. My wife at the time said to me, go out and get a job. Your next album will come out when it comes out. I had finished an album, waiting, mm -hmm. was waiting for it to come out. And the first person I talked to the next very next day, and these are all God shots, by the way, mm -hmm. was a woman I knew that was a torch singer in New York City. And she said to me, she said, uh, what are you doing out here? And I said, well, you know, I'm going to look for a job, and I don't know, really know what to do. She goes, I work for a light bulb company. And I said, a light bulb company? She, I said, what do you do? She goes, well, I go on the phone, and I call people out of the blue, or out of the, the you know, they give Yellow me, pages, whatever. you know, whatever, and I mm -hmm. see if they want to buy light bulbs. I said, that's kind of anonymous, isn't it? She goes, yeah, it's perfect. I said, can I get a job there? And she says, I don't see why not. And the next day I went out. I got a job working for this company selling mm -hmm. light bulbs. Mm -hmm. Okay, and the day later they sent me out on the road. Was that humbling? Let me tell you how humbling it was. Okay. They sent me out on the road, and the first stop was um, A and M Records. Oh God! And I walked into the studios at A and M Records, and they said, "Bear, what are you doing here, man? You got a session today?" And I said. 
No, I'm with Kirk. We're we're gonna see your facilities person about buying light bulbs. And he looked at me and, and his eyes oh, were like man. And I said, Yeah, that's what I'm doing right now. And he says, All right, down the hall to the left. And for the next five years I went door to door and I sold light bulbs. Good for you. I wasn't sitting in a limousine. Mm -hmm. I wasn't riding in the first class. And you're sober. And I'm sober. Mm -hmm. And if I was sitting in a limousine or in a jet or in a club or in a bar, I couldn't tell you that the lights up there are R40s. <laughs> and the lights over there are A19s. Tony! Tony Bronigle's in the house! Pizza, I anybody? <laughs> Tony Bronigle's in the house. Did you order pizza? Pizza here. Look, I, I brought the pizza. Come on, man. So, it's all hot. Yeah, so that's, pizza. that's what happened. That's what happened. And, Hi, Tony. Hi. And at the end of five years, mm -hmm. I, uh, I started Bear Lighting, and I learned how to be a lighting designer. Wait, Bear Lighting? You had your own company? Yeah. 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 And Bear Lighting, Bear Lighting, uh, was started in 95 <laughs> and it still goes today and I go and I You're go kidding. to no I go to work at Bear Lighting every day Wow! that's where I was today before I came over here and uh, and I help people uh, with lighting you know I, I do hospitals institutions restaurants churches retail I did all of Betsy Johnson's stores I did wow. the Universal Hilton I did not know this. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I do. That's how I put my kids through college and paid my mortgage for a lot of years. Mm -hmm. In fact, Nina, one of the reasons why she married me, mm -hmm. she said, you know, I know a lot of musicians. You're the first one I ever met with a job. Huh. <laughs> I bet that's true. And so that's, that's what I did. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, you know, then I got to play music again. Okay, so... But you also said there was something about, well, I don't know if I'm talking out of school, but there was a bit of a narcissist around that didn't want you playing. W did somebody stop you from playing? Yeah, I had, a, you? I had, a, yeah. Um, well, I, 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 married, I married a lady that, that I was in love with, madly in love with, a beautiful woman, mm -hmm. and she gave me three beautiful kids. Mm -hmm. And she just said, you know, you've been on the road, and it's no longer your time. It's their time. Mm -hmm. And that's what I did. I mm -hmm. just went and sold light bulbs every single day, mm -hmm. and went to meetings. Did you have regret? Um, yeah, I had a regret, and I, well, the only time I I, I was able to play was at the musicians' picnics. Mm -hmm. I would play at the picnics mm -hmm. because they everybody asked me to play. Mm -hmm. But um, you know, I had regrets. But were you playing when you were home? I got a keyboard and mm -hmm. I started writing songs mm -hmm. for other people. Like so you I'd, write I'd, for? For Cher. Mm -hmm. So I'd send songs to Cher. Can you give us a taste of that? You said one of uh, Cher's greatest ballads was one that you uh, penned um, out. Yeah, let's see if I can remember it. Okay. Um, I see the clouds. I feel the rain. It all comes down to love and pain. On the road again I'm thinking about you, baby To mine I will play L.A. 
there's a pain in my heart Tearing me apart I guess that's just the way the story goes There's a hunger in my veins Driving me insane I guess it all comes down to love and pain So, so you're selling music, you're not really playing out, you're selling light bulbs, how do you get back into music? Hmm. The way I get back into music is by Tony Bronigal. Nice. And I said to Tony, I said, I want to make a record. Are you staying connected to your music people? Yeah, I would go out to I would go out to clubs and I would mm -hmm. see people and But you and wouldn't sit in? Occasionally if they asked me to sit in I would. Mm -hmm. But I I had a a whole bunch of new songs, you know, like five or six new songs mm -hmm. and I played them for Tony and I said I want to make a record and Tony said, "Okay, I'll come over, play me your songs, and we'll see what's going on." And mm -hmm. we, and he helped me put the whole thing together. You know, he called everybody he knew, I called everybody I knew, and he just it just constantly went up and up and up and up and How up. How long was the process? I think the process was two years, huh? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we did two years because I kept writing songs. I didn't want the I didn't want the album to end. That's the truth. Mm -hmm. And uh, <laughs> he said he said to me one day, "When are you gonna? When's this album gonna finish?" And mm -hmm. I said, "When I stop writing mm -hmm. songs." And in fact, I'm still writing songs. Good. All the time, mm -hmm. you know. And so, uh, you know, um, he said, uh, this is an adult album. I, he says, I don't know what, where, where we're going to send this, but, you know, I had faith. I don't live in fear, you know. Good for you. And I, and I, I, and I have faith. Tony, was that yours? No. <laughs> no. Not me. It wasn't me. <laughs> and, and that's the thing, you know. I just, you know what, I just do the... I just do the footwork and I'll leave the results up to my higher power. Well, that's really great that you can do that. That's the only that's the only way I've been I've been I've learned at it. I've learned my life. I, my life is that way. Mm -hmm. you know? That's it. Be of service. You can't keep what you have unless you give it away. Mm -hmm. And live it a day at a time. And live in the now. Live your best life now. That's my mantra. I love that. Yeah, that's Do you meditate? I do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, every day. Every day. What's your, um, do you have a meditation practice? Do you do, do, you do TM? Do you, are you, okay. You have, you have it's a, a secret. You have a, you have a, uh, a mantra we can't talk about, huh? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you people with mantras. I, oh, it's mine. It's yours. <laughs> I, I listen to an app called Calm, and I meditate with an app. I need guided meditation. I can't shut the noise off too easily I need help but that's great that you do that so okay so you've got this album and you've got you've got all these people who came back into your life when do you start when did you start playing out again I started playing out again about about almost three years ago and uh, I put a band together with Denny Sywell mm -hmm. from Wings mm -hmm. founding member of Wings Lawrence Juber another member of Wings mm -hmm. um, Paul Ill, who played with um, Linda Perry and Bob Weir, 
And uh, then we got another guitar player, John Woodhead from Leon Russell, mm-hmm. my, my, you know, my god. Mm-hmm. And uh, Josh Sklar from Etta James. Mm-hmm. And then we got some horns, and the horn, we got real lucky because uh, why I'm playing playing live is because when I was doing the demos for the album, Joe Sublette, an amazing saxophone player who grew up with Stevie Ray Vaughan. He was wow. played with Stevie Ray Vaughan. He's mm-hmm. from Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. Plays in a band called the Phantom Band with Tony, and he also uh, is out on the road right now with Kenny Wayne Shepherd. He played with Little Feet. He played with Bonnie Raitt. He played with the Stones. You know, he's an amazing sax player. Mm-hmm. And he said to me, let's go play some things that we don't get to play. Let's go bad dog than Englishman. Let's mm-hmm. go do things that are, that are people want to hear. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay. So I said, will you put the horns together? He said, sure. So he went and got Mark Pender. And then we and got... Mark from New York. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and Mark played in, in the E Street Band mm-hmm. with Springsteen. And then he got uh, Richie LaBamba Rosenberg from the E Street Band mm-hmm. and from Southside Johnny. Mm-hmm. And those guys were actually playing at the time on the Conan show. Mm-hmm. They were in the basic cable band. Mm-hmm. And then we added Jerry Vivino. From is them. he a Jimmy brother? Yeah. Jerry? Okay. Jimmy's so I don't brother. know Jerry. I know Uncle Floyd and I and know then, Jimmy. And uh, Les Lovett, who plays with the Eagles, mm-hmm. the trumpet player. So we have, wow. uh, we've, uh, we have a lot of great players. Mm-hmm. We, uh, we started playing a couple of places, and people went nuts. And now we played, like, for example, at uh, the write-off room, mm-hmm. and there was a line out the door. That's so great. It was packed to the roof. Mm-hmm. Um, standing ovation at the end we played for three hours and a lot of people come down and want to sit in with us we're mm-hmm. we're, we're a we're a, a musician friendly band you know i know our friend lauren gold was down yeah. there playing with lauren you. gold came from down the who? yeah mm-hmm. from the who um let's see who's who's been down there steve ferroni from uh love the steve yeah from uh, Tom Petty's band, he came down and played with us. Oh, my friend Alvino Bennett was Alvino playing with from, you. Alvino Dave played Mason. from Dave Mason. Now, did you play with Dave? Did you open for Ma- Dave? What was that about? Um, I I played a couple of shows with Dave mm-hmm. um, at the Westbury Music Theater. Oh in, my God, the Westbury Music Fair. Wait, Westbury Music Fair. It was in the right? round yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I played a few mm-hmm. shows with him there. Um, First concert I ever went to, Question Mark and the Mysterians, Tommy <laughs> James and the Shondells, and the Lemon Pipers at the Westbury Music Fair. Wow. Oh my God. 60s. I think the yeah. first show I ever saw there was, who did I Got a Pair of Roller Skates? I Got a What's her name? Uh, the British girl that was... Uh, um, Green Tambourine? Yeah. Well, no, that Green Tambourine no. was the Lemon Pipers. Yeah. But she was... No. Um, I Got a Brand... Yes. Melanie. 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 Yeah. It was Melanie. Paul McCartney produced her, I think. Melanie was great. Mm-hmm. I used to go watch her. She had Lay Down, Lay Down. That was a great song. Yeah, that was, mm-hmm. that was a great song. Mm-hmm. So I had, uh, you know, I had good DNA. I had mm-hmm. good upbringing. Um, I learned I learned. Did your parents lot. get to see you be successful? My dad got to see me open for the Doobie Brothers. Oh, sweet. And he took everybody from his office down there to see me. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget that night. It was it was a beautiful night because my father was an alcoholic and he wasn't a great dad. Mm-hmm. And we we had a parting of of the ways for many 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 years. Mm-hmm. And um, and he finally came down. And you know maybe in, through therapy I figured this out that I started playing music because it was the one thing he couldn't do. 
Ooh. So that's the reason why I started playing. Interesting. Yeah, that's that that came out years and years later through Mm -hmm. therapy, which I highly recommend too. Um, And by the way, my my meditation was given to me by my therapist Ed. So I will leave it it at that. Mm -hmm. And he graduated me. When he retired, he says, "You're now graduated. You're doing fine." Well, I haven't See graduated ya. from any of my stuff yet. <laughs> I'm still a full-time member. Yeah. Um, so, so wow. Um, Pete, yep. do we have questions? We do. For for T Bear, what do yeah. we got? So, so Pete George, come out here and say hello. Come, come on, come, Pete. Come with us and and say hey to the people, to the peoples. Hey. This is Pete this George. Is, He's the rock is, and roll comedian. This is awesome. This is really great. It, I compare it to this guy we interviewed by the name of Tony Brown. Because <laughs> <laughs> he brought pizza. <laughs> um, so, Sounds Pete, good. what yeah. are you up to? What, what, what's going on with well, you? Well, the He's, best news, my yeah. son just moved to L.A. four days ago from Cleveland. Which is crazy. I've been wishing for that for 20 years. Oh, that, that's Four crazy. days, he's got a job just like that. No, he got a job? Yeah, he's working already. It's awesome. Wow. Yeah, it's great. Wow. Maybe it'll rub off on I us. I wish my kid got a job. He just <laughs> called me today for rent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well. <laughs> I know a light bulb company. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, any gigs coming up? Youngstown, Ohio. Woohoo! All right. All right. Well, that's Funny good. Yeah, a bunch of other stuff, too, in the works. But, yeah, things okay, are good. Cool. I'm just on a high because of my son. That's and my so daughter great. will be here in March for 10 days, too. In so. March. March. Look it! It's my Cleveland accent. Anyway. Um... Excellent. All right, Pete, so Beautiful. give us some questions. Questions. All right, give us All some right. questions. Let us know what, what they want to know about T-Bear. And Tony, um, you made it because I saw the comment you made where you're looking for a parking space while <laughs> watching at the same time. <laughs> Only a drummer Tony, can manage you that. You notice Tony's not saying anything. He's being a quiet... <laughs> you're allowed to speak. Well, am I really? Yeah, don't say that. Right. You may be sorry you said that. We also, wait a minute, we also have one of my oldest, oldest, dearest, dearest friends... Who got me signed in Germany to those labels that we just showed? I, I know. I'm afraid right for you. To, I, I'm like, okay. If we <laughs> move, now here's the interesting thing about okay. because we were talking about comedy before. Yeah. The interesting thing about this man, Bernd Marx. Okay. Is his last name? Not not written. No, not Karl no, Marx. Yeah, he's related to the. No, no, no. no he's related to the Marx Brothers. To Groucho. Oh wow. Groucho. Stop. Yeah, all those. Yeah. Can't you tell? He all came from, a little bit. They all came originally from his village in Germany. <laughs> I thought they were Russian. They were German. No kidding. Yeah. Did did they did, were they born in in Germany, or had their parents were? They were American, correct? Well, from what I know, they came from a part which is now uh, not now Russian, but then. Aha! Uh-huh, I thought they were Russian. Russian. Okay. Yeah. 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 Wow. And so, like, like. Distant cousins or something? But it's. Uh, uh, Look at his eyebrows. That'll Pete, tell you everything, right? Pete, I think we have to turn the camera. I, 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 I mean, if you, th- if you think, if you think, just in case. Yeah, if you think about it, that arm thing. That if you think about the Marx Brothers, <laughs> think about the eyebrows. <laughs> right? He does have the eyebrows. Right? Doesn't he? He right. does. Leave it's, him alone. <laughs> are you it's funny? Either, it's, it's either that or Scorsese. Yes, he is. Uh, 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 are, are you funny? Or, was I, I comedy part or the guy on Shit's Creek? Think I'm, I have my moments, yeah. <laughs> oh, you, yeah, you can be funny. Right. Okay. Say right. hi, Tony. 
Hi there, how you doing? There's Tony there Bronigle. There's Tony Bronigle. So Tony, producing this uh, this this album, are we going to be excited to hear it? You better be. It's we fantastic. Be. Um, it turned out great. It's really a, a great compilation of a wonderful <laughs> bunch of songs that are, you know, um, I'm sure he said all of this, but you know, it's like experiences of in his life and and uh, it was a mission. Mm-hmm. It was a mission, and it didn't start out as a mission. It started out as, as he said, I want to make a record, an album, and we just started recording. and And conceptually, I probably changed <laughs> directions twenty times while we were doing it, just because it kept going and it kept evolving or whatever. And I never really had a real solid. Pete, I think we need the camera on Tony because we're having a conversation now. Yeah, Let's I'm, see if we can do that without. Uh, well, well, all right. Okay. And it, it had it, and it took some a few different directions, but 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 they were all still going down the same road, mm-hmm. and they were still part of the mission. And uh, as I heard Richard say when I was sitting in the car trying to find a parking place, <laughs> he was talking about how this record was really about Nina. And and when we got, you know, two thirds of the way through, and things got difficult uh-huh. uh, we just kind of plowed ahead because I was going to say did it sh- did the music shift when all of that not was so going much on? that as, as as the 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 feeling behind it mm-hmm. when you're making it you're making it because you're making music and it's really wonderful and fun and everything mm-hmm. and enjoyable most of the time and um, and it we it, we just it just changed us a little bit inside about how our, what our mission was to do, and, mm-hmm. and we stayed on it till we were done, and uh, and we didn't stop till we were. I mean, we had at one point it was kind of like I don't know that I said we're done, but mm-hmm. I think I went. So any more songs? And it was kind of like, and I went, Richard. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and I said, at some point we have to go to a mix, and so we did. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you told him to mix. Yeah, it. I told. Yes, yeah, so we talked about that. Oh, wonderful, incredibly. Talented late friend Ed Cherney, who's we're also missing very much. So, but um, yeah, um, I'm, I'm proud of this. I'm really proud of this. And and uh, we're going to hear a little taste. Well, you know, the th- things like this fall into place because of all the grace that's involved with the mission, the sincerity of making music like this, uh, the fact that Nina was blessing this whole thing and mm-hmm. and her life ended while we were doing it mm-hmm. and the things that happened after after we finished it and this record company came along those are all special things that's a pretty unusual thing at, at, at this time record companies don't usually come along anymore no yeah. we respect we really respect and we don't take for granted that all this happened in a really great way and mm-hmm. so we're trying to do our best to team 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 T-Bear uh-huh. Baron and myself and, and Richard we're trying to Figure out the best way to get this across so we can get it out there for the people to see, hear, and enjoy. So when are you anticipating? Okay, we're saying goodbye to you now. Goodbye. What, so, what I want to I say one thing about, because it's important for me to say this one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, when I met Nina and we were dating, mm-hmm. um, I started playing a thing called From the Cradle to the Grave. And she thought that was a really great song. And uh, I put it away in my back pocket. And I didn't finish it till the last track on the album. And we could no longer use the title From the Cradle to the Grave because that's where she was headed. And so it's now called Nina's Song, and it's the last track on the album. And I did it alone at the piano with a vocal live. 
And Live. Yeah, I, in other words, Can I didn't overdo it. Yeah. No, no, I don't, I okay. don't want to do that okay. tonight. Okay. And um, it, uh, I did it with, with strings, live strings and the whole thing. And uh, it, it came out really beautiful. And I was able to play it for her before she passed. Mm -hmm. And um, she, uh, she nodded because it was the first thing I'd ever played for her. Wow. And it was the last thing I ever wow. played for her. Wow. So that's how powerful that moment was. Have you been visited? Do you believe in that? I do. Mm -hmm. I was visited in Austin, Texas when I was there. Mm -hmm. The way I was visited is uh, I went there three years before with Nina and her daughter mm -hmm. to visit my daughter who lived there and went to high school there uh, with my ex and graduated high school. We all went to a diner after. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember the diner. I remember they sat us in the corner booth. I remember the waitress that came over. She looked like Bette Midler with tattoos, okay? <laughs> and didn't think much of it. Three and a half years later, mm -hmm. I was there this Christmas. My son, who was not at that dinner, mm -hmm. said, let's go get something to eat. Took me, he took me to the same diner. Mm -hmm. We were seated at the same booth, even though it was only two of us instead of six or eight of us. Mm -hmm. And there were plenty of other twos around mm -hmm. that she could have sat us at. So the two of us are sitting in the same corner booth. I hear behind me, what are you guys drinking? And I turn and it's Bette Midler with tattoos again. And I thought, that's really strange. We're at the same booth, it's got the same waitress. And I almost felt like Twilight Zone. And I said to my son, Yale, I said, Yale, you know, Nina just loved you, and, and she, you know, always said to let you know that love to her was eternal. Mm -hmm. And what she said to me before she passed was, I don't know how I'm going to get back, but maybe through music. Mm -hmm. And when she said love is eternal to him, mm -hmm. on the stereo came Mazzy Star, Fall Into You. And why that was so special and why it was her coming back to me is because the first time we ever made love was to that song. Mm. I, I believe all of this. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that's the truth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I believe that. All right. Pete, questions? Let's, we have to change this mood because I'm like goosebumped and crying. and. Yeah. So let's see. Joe Friday. Um, do you know Joe Friday? He uh, actually worked with my uncle at MCA in the 80s. Mm -hmm. wow. um, he asked, uh, did you and Mike Finnegan ever record any unreleased material? Unreleased material? Um, yeah. Mike Finnegan is on this new album. Yeah, and this nice. is stuff that's not released yet. So. But, yeah. And it's, yeah. and it's not released yet. Okay, so the answer is yes. So, yeah, so yeah. Mike Finnegan, so I, I, I hired like, well, you know, Tony, Tony hired Mike to play mm -hmm. on the album. Now, the reason why I love Mike so much is he played on my very first album. Oh, stop. Yeah. Wow. So it's a full circle for me. That's fantastic. And also Ben Montench from The Heartbreakers plays on the album. Wow. On the new album. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Tom Roach, uh, did you ever work with producer Rick Hall at uh, Fame Studios in Muscle Shoals? Been through Muscle Shoals. I never did any sessions with him. But a friend of mine called the Beehive Queen... 
Christine Allman. Christine Allman. Who, who plays with Ricky Bird, who yeah. we were talking about before. Is down there all the time. Mm -hmm. And Tony and I are trying to get her out here to do demos with her to help her get a record deal, right? Nice. Now. Yeah. Nice. That's our connection with that question mm -hmm. and yeah. answer. Yeah. Uh, Gigi would like to know, uh, when is the new, uh, the new song, the Nina song coming out? When is the yeah? When is well, the, the album? album the album will be out in May. Mm -hmm. And uh, and what's it called? It's called Fresh Bear Tracks. It's <laughs> great. Nice. Uh, Crystal Husband, this show Hi, is Crystal. my god shot. Thank you. I needed one tonight. Love Crystal, you guys. Crystal was at your gig. On, oh, uh, thank Saturday you, Crystal. Night. She said uh, and she's and she's in love with you. <laughs> Musically, that is. Okay. <laughs> thank you, safe, Crystal. Right? Thank you very much. And thank you for coming out the other night. And she'll be at, in the living room. Uh, T-Bear is going to be at Women Who Write, and maybe Tony will sit in on some percussion on February 25th. Um, also playing that day. Do you know James Lee Stanley? James Lee has been around forever. Tony knows. Yeah, Tony knows him. James, James is a monster uh, singer-songwriter, guitar player. He played with Peter Tork for years, Cliff Eberhardt, mm. many people. He's um, he's amazing. Also that day, Dee Wallace, you know, the mom from E.T. Sure. is going to be there. And she's a spiritualist, actually. She's written books on creation and, and self-creation. And her daughter, Gabrielle Stone, wrote a book and will be there. So it's going to be a great day. So um, if you're in L.A. and you want to come see... T-Bear play live in the living room in the middle of the afternoon, and maybe Tony will be sitting in on percussion. I want to I uh, do my poem for Dr. John. You have to, because it's, it's, it's a writing salon. Yeah, so it's that's a writing a salon. perfect thing. And that's how I want to do the spoken word, and maybe, maybe do a Dr. John song. Ooh, I would love yeah. that. Okay, uh, what I, else we got? Eileen Angel, are you going to tour Hi, at all to promote the album? She's a singer-songwriter, a wonderful yes, singer-songwriter. Yes, yes. Um, we are doing... A, pre-release gigs uh, one of the gigs is going to be at the Canyon Club on April 19th you're, you're gonna you're gonna do some of the songs for the new yeah okay. we're gonna do we're gonna mm -hmm. do uh, most of the album there oh wow and we have been doing and adding one song every show so we're up to six or seven songs from the album now nice. at, at the write-off room mm -hmm. we'll be at the write-off room on March 14th March 24th um, you have a bogey's the, gig too. We got so a bogey's gig mm -hmm. on the 30th of April mm -hmm. and the 19th at the Canyon Club. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, uh, speaking of bogey's, I'm just going to give a plug right now because Sarah Nimitz and Snuffy Walden will be there tomorrow night and it's his birthday. Oh. Yeah. So, and it's a big one. I didn't say that, but it is. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yes, you did. It's a big one. He's going to be old. No, <laughs> he's already old. He's just going to be older. Um, you know, I love Snuffy, and let me tell you a quick stuff, Snuffy story. I had come into the program. I had like 15 minutes of sobriety, <laughs> and I went to a club that night, mm -hmm. and Snuffy was playing. Mm -hmm. And there used to be AA bumper stickers. You know, keep it simple, easy does it, and all this. His bumper sticker was on his amp over the name of his amp. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, instead of it saying, like, Marshall, it said Powerless. Ah! Wow. Awesome. <laughs> Which I thought was great. That's pretty great. All right, a couple more comments, mostly. Jonathan uh, Koblick mm -hmm. said, I remember, I remember you playing the piano with my mom. That is a relative. Nice. Yeah. 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 Uh, and one last one from Gigi. Uh, 
Please give T Bear a kiss from me. I don't think that was at me. I'm doing it. Uh, Nina's song Gigi. is my favorite. Amazing man, amazing record to come out, and you know how much I have loved you for 45 years. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. Aww. She went to all the JP's gigs with me, and and uh, she uh, has a wonderful husband that that shoots the halftime shows mm -hmm. and all the shows and all the big uh, the Grammys and all those kind of things. And he's a, a a steady cam operator, I think, or a, or a crane operator. He's amazing, mm -hmm. amazing, amazing husband. She's a, a great woman too. Yes, she is. Yeah. All right, all right. So, so T Bear, you're gonna take us out with, um, with I'm gonna, a song from I'm the gonna, album, yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna do this thing called "Love to Be Lonely" because it was one of Nina's favorites. Mm. So it's like this. People are funny, aren't they strange? Love to be lonely, love running round them silly games. Oh, they love them silly games. Love to be lonely, and we love to be each other down They won't stop till they're down And we love to be lonely We love to be blue, don't you? Love to be lonely We love to
I am so excited to um, to come see you at the write-off room, to have you in the living room, to uh, hear the album. Um, I'm thrilled um, that we had this opportunity. Thank you for this days. opportunity to meet all your people. I want to. I want to give. You. Thank you. I want to give a shout out to Kevin Wall from Blue Microphones. It's his birthday today. Happy birthday, Kevin! And he gave us this brand new, fabulous Yeti X that we're a little intimidated to use. We're using our wonderful blue raspberry today, but we're we're gonna we're gonna get to the. But happy birthday, Kevin! And I also want to uh, wish my hairdresser Nicole Venables, who has fuck off hairspray. Who's sick in bed and not feeling well? And Nicole, I so need you. Um, and Rick Smolke of Quick Impressions. If you need any, if you guys need anything printed for your upcoming for for gigs, for your for your album, for your whatever CDs, Rick Smolke, Quick Impressions of Chicago. He's never charged an artist. He is the salt of the earth. Just a wonderful person. And if you guys need anything printed. Go to Quick Impressions because they're going to take great care of you. Thank you so much for doing this. Pete! Yay! Pete George Thanks, back Pete. there. Tony Bronigal. Mark's brother back there. Baron Marks. Baron Marks back there. Thank you all so much for being here. Thank you. Next week we'll be back with Gigi Lavangi Grazier, who is a writer. She's extraordinary. And uh, coming up, Maxine Lapidus and Donna Pescal is going to be with us. In the... Anyway, it's going to be great. We'll see you soon. Thanks. See ya.